All right, guys, it's time for the next Level Guy Show, a men's interview, interest, and improvement-focused podcast featuring interviews with the greats from all industries to help you better your life. Each week, a new episode features an interview with one of the greats covering all aspects of their story, from life hacks to tips and protocols that have allowed them to live life on the next level. We then highlight concrete action steps that you can use to improve your life. And now, your host, Ian Dawson McKay. And today's guest is Don Saladino. He's a coach, keynote speaker, and fitness entrepreneur. He's coached actors, athletes, and musicians for over 20 years. He opened his first New York City gym, Drive 495, in 2005. After operating brick and mortar gyms for 15 years, Don expanded to a global online fitness business. He's developed a reputation for training some of the biggest names in Hollywood for the big screen. Ryan Reynolds, Blake Lively, Jake Gyllenhaal, John Krasinski, Emily Blunt, Annie Hathaway, Sebastian Stan, Hugh Jackman, and David Harbour are Morning's roster of clients. He's been tapped as a fitness expert in publications such as Muscle and Fitness, Men's Health, Women's Health, and Men's Fitness. He's also been featured in People, US Weekly, Origins, In Touch, Cosmo, and Shape, and has made appearances during live fitness demos on the Today Show, Page 6 TV, People, Now, E News, and WebMD. He sits on the advisory board of Men's Health magazine in March 2018 and October 2021. It was a great honour to shoot the cover of the iconic Muscle and Fitness magazine. Don lives in New York with his wife, Mel, and their two children, Amalia and Donnie Jr., and their paps, Rigatoni and Sambuca. And now, let's get to the interview. Well, thank you so much for coming on. It's an honour to have somebody who's transformed so many movie stars that I've watched. Um, but for people who maybe don't recognize you, how do you explain what you do? Because it's an awesome job. Oh, yeah. It's, well, first off, thank you. Um, you know, I, I started as a coach. You know, I started as a coach 25 years ago. Uh, worked at a big box gym, um, ended up leaving there, became entrepreneurial, started my own training business, uh, did my first, you know, fundraise back in about 2003, opened my first of two clubs. Um, operated that for 15 years to my lease expired May of 2020, launched a digital business back in about 2011, 2010, um, you know, and then I really put my foot on the gas, I think from a digital standpoint, once I decided to not reopen my clubs during COVID, um, I'm, I definitely categorize myself as a coach, but I'm definitely a fitness entrepreneur, uh, partners in about a dozen brands. Uh, you know, I have, I run a, a pretty successful online business where um, I got mm. a community of probably close to about 9,000 people, which is awesome. And, um, you know, now I live in my, I work out of my home gym, which is about 60, 70 feet from my back porch. It's called the barn. It's a multi-floor, um, you know, basically commercial grade facility, everything from cardio to powerlifting equipment to bodybuilding equipment downstairs. Um, you know, we got a five-person outdoor sauna, two cold plunges. I mean, this literally is it's a sweet setup. 
a sweet setup. It's fantastic. It's it's a lot of fun to be able to walk out here every day and just you know do do what I love doing. Now I read somewhere that you were bitten by the sort of fitness bug early. You, you know you weren't that interested in doing it as a, a career, but you just thought I'm going to do this. I'm just interested in this. How where did that come from? The interest in muscle building, transforming. Yeah, you know, I think it came at a really young age. I mean, you know, I, I had a terrible stuttering problem and hearing issue when I was young. And I think that helps you develop some insecurities and, you know, started looking at, you know, guys like Arnold Schwarzenegger and then uh, a couple of people that I became very good friends with, like Michael Hearn and Frank Seppi. And I always was, I think I became very infatuated at a young age with strength and sport and the human body. And it was the one thing that I realized that, wow, you could put a lot of time into this and get something pretty cool in return, right? It's it's mm-hmm. what you put into it most of the time is what you get out of it. Granted, your, your health in a good place. So I, I really got drawn to that. And um, I think when college ended, things ended up with baseball not going the way I wanted to go. I had a new dream I, and I had a new focus. So how would you define true fitness? You know, not just like looking good, but that functionality, that ability to, you know, smash the home run, sprint up the stairs, pick somebody off the floor, pick up a kid, you know, that sort of things. Yeah, you know, I think fitness is really, it's about, you know, freedom with your body, right? It's it's pretty much being healthy enough to do what you want to do and live the life you want to live. And even, you know, I'm 45 years old. I feel like knock on wood, I feel like I'm 20 years old. And I think you don't look 45. Thank you. Thank you. I think just having the, my eyesight's going now. So I think the glasses (laughs) give it away, but um, you know, I think having the ability to do for me, fitness is having the ability to do, you know, whatever, you know, running up the empire state building in a month or swimming across the Hudson, which I did this summer and, uh, being fit, you know, it's it's not only a physical thing, but it's um it's an internal thing. It's a it's a mental thing, and um, that's something that even superhero training, though it comes off sounding quirky, it really is. Like when you're training superheroes for movie roles, it really is allowing them to adapt and adjust pretty quickly to different environments. Like being a superhero, technically, is we watch them on TV. These people can do it all. So mm-hmm. I think with the type of fitness I've always trained for, um, it's the ability to do, to do it all. We're, we're not, we're, we're not training to be exceptional in an Olympic sport right now. Like that's not, I've trained people to be exceptional for sport, but in general being, uh, creating that superhero physique, it's about being able to adapt to different environments. And do you think that's a problem is that most guys go to the gym, it's the disco muscles. It's the, I only see these muscles in the front, so I'm going to work on my chest. I forget my legs. I don't know my rotational power. I don't even know what compound means compared to, oh, my mate's doing arm build bicep curl. I'll go do those. Yeah, you know, I'm not around that much anymore, right? It's like, I think the people that I'm with, we train. We don't work out. You know, we train. There's um, there is a purpose. We do understand what, what it is we're working and why. You know, we do understand that, you know, okay, we need unilateral work. You know, we need anti-rotation work. We need rotational work. We we need all these things that I think allows us to be well-rounded. So when I hear about people training the beach muscles, I, I got to be honest with you. I just don't see it because I'll go to gyms. I don't really pay attention to what someone else is doing. I never really can judge a book by its cover. If I go and I see someone doing chest on Mondays, 
I'm not assuming that they're just doing chest five days a week. I don't know mm. what they're doing days. I don't know, you know, are they, are they on a bodybuilding specific plan and they're working on mobility at a different time during the day. It's like, you never really know until you sit there and truly dissect someone's lifestyle. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, listen, I feel like so many people would get so much more out of their body if they trained, you know, the way that, you know, you and I are talking about now, rather than just going in and kind of pounding on that anterior chain, right? There's so much more to it, but you also have to look at, you know, people making this effort, right? And, 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 they're, and they're trying to move and they're trying to get off the couch. And, you know, where years ago I used to dissect, oh, well, that's not good and this isn't good or 15 years ago, you know, that sucks. Now it's like, well, what sucks is when they just sit on the couch and they don't do anything. If they're going into a soul cycle class five days a week, would that be my, or, or better yet, let me not pick on them. Let me just say a spinning class five days a week. Am I one to turn around now and say, well, sitting down while you do cardio isn't necessarily the best thing for you. They're moving. They found something they enjoy. Hmm. What I try to do now is come in and allow them to be more resilient for that activity. I'm trying to come in and add value. Listen, you're really passionate about spinning five days a week. All right, there's things we need to do with our hips. There's things that we need to do with our glutes. There's things that we need to do with our thoracic extension, our thoracic rotation. We're locking ourselves into our bike. Let's mix this in so you can continue to enjoy doing the things that you love, like spinning, and we can make sure that your body doesn't break down. So, no, that's a fantastic answer because I always find that like the people who don't get on at the gym are those who sit there and they'll say, "I hate. I don't really like the gym." And you're like, "Well, what are you training for? Don't really know." Well, what what are, you, what are you focusing on? What's your like? You know, have you got a challenge coming up? No, I'm just going to the gym because that's been what I was told. I need to lose some weight. You know, they don't go and think, "Oh, I could play tennis. I could do X, Y, CrossFit, yeah, Brazilian right. Jiu-Jitsu." Do you think that's the problem is that we don't have set goals? And how do you start reverse engineering? You know, say if somebody like Ryan Reynolds came to you and said, I need to do movie shape for Deadpool 3 in such and such a time. How would you start working back and adding in sort of, you know, work out the intensity, the frequency, that sort of thing? Well, I think we got to look at where they are um, in their life at that time, right? Ryan is someone I've worked with for you know, over probably over 12 years at this point. And he's, um, he's a very easy person to work with. I mean, he's <laughs> very like, you know, he, when it's time for him to flip that switch, he does. And, um, he's been like a brother to me and I, I can't, I can go on for an hour about him. He's amazing. But, um, I think with someone like him, it's, you know, or, or let's not use him for example, let's just use someone else. Cause I think he's pretty easy. Um, where, you know, how they've been training for the last, weeks, months, years, have they been, right? What are they, what are they preparing for nutritionally? Where are they at? How's their sleep? How's their digestion? How's their stress in their life? And I think once you start understanding these questions and you start checking boxes, then you can kind of start from the finish, right? Then you can say, all right, where do we need to be? Sorry. Where do we, where do you need to be? And what is, what is the roadmap we're going to give you to get from point A to point B? Because as you know, as well as anyone else, like there's a million ways, there's a million programs that you can create. Like I've been writing programs for, you know, 30 years. So, mm -hmm. you know, and, and are there ones that I like more than others? Sure. But like, you know, I don't know. It, it's not like there's never one that sticks out in my mind. Where I'm like, that's the best one I've ever written. Like there's just, it's different tools for different people. And yeah. if they, if they're coming to me and they're like, you know, I have to squat, and I'm looking at their squat, their squat's terrible and they just, they don't have the ankle dorsiflexion or they don't have the hip mobility or they can't get in a position. It, 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 
you know, maybe it's a trap bar deadlift. You know, maybe it's a rear foot elevated split squat. Maybe, and then it's talking to them saying, listen, we can go do that movement, but it's just right now, I think we need to put our foot on the gas with this exercise and let's do other things to try and clean up our squat in the future. I think it's sitting with them too and mapping out a game plan to where we understand what has to go into this in the next month, two months, five months, a year. I don't know how much time I have to work with them, but I think, yeah, reverse engineering is good, but I think it's also understanding like, you know, as well as anyone, you know, that map it always changes. It's always like, it's never that mm. same roadmap every time, you know, Deadpool one, Deadpool two, Deadpool three, probably three completely different programs, right? Like Deadpool one came out. How many years ago was that? Like you evolve, we realize his body evolves. He's in, I think he's in a better place physically now because he understands his body better. And, um, you know, then we start developing better qualities. We start developing things that are better nutritionally. And, you know, his life's different now than it was in Deadpool 1, right? His life's different now than it was when he shot Green Lantern. Like, he didn't have kids when he shot Green Lantern. He's got three beautiful children now. Like, there's just things are going to change. Schedule's going to change. Stress level's going to change. So it, it always changes. And that's what I think uh, – that's what I get most excited about because it becomes this new puzzle every time. Because, I mean, he was on my mind because he, um, he had just watched a video he had done of – he went for a colonoscopy. Like um, and he had it filmed along with his uh, Wrexham co-owner, and it was just that kind of you know they were opening at this, and I, I would love to have him on the podcast. Like you know, obviously when I get much bigger, but it was that kind of idea of like to have you know there's so much more to fitness. It's about to be optimal wellness. You know, it's not just can you lift in the you know, but not go up a flight of stairs. So I mean, is that the things that people need to in- include nutrition, sleep? They need to realize it's a 3D model of health, not just uh, what you can bench in the gym. Uh, yeah, I think, there's, I, I think there's also this like misconception on how you have to approach it. You know, I, I believe, you know, the movie Rocky, as much as I loved it, right? It, it, it's, I think at times it sets a bad example because, you know, yes, it's, it's showing a, a guy who's working his ass off. But then we start affiliating our head that that's what needs to happen all the time. Hmm. And that to me is unrealistic. Like you don't no, not every set has to be taken to failure. No, absolutely not. Like maybe that's not in the cards for, for you. So I have a gentleman right now that I've helped out um, since May and um, he came into me, he was about 515 pounds and he was pretty much on his deathbed that week. His doctors told him, they said, you're going to die pretty, pretty much. He couldn't walk. He couldn't walk on his own. Um, he had a walk with crutches. He was drinking maybe a glass of water a day. He, he, I had him track his steps. He was, he was walking maybe 400 steps a day. Couldn't physically walk. <laughs> that was May. I have the date written down. It might've been uh, early May. And I, um, I think the other day I had his aura ring on and we're tracking him at about 6,000 steps a day now. That's and some change. Some change. And he's drinking about 200 ounces of water a day. And, um, he went into the doctor and the doctor actually looked at him and apologized and said, I didn't think you were going to be able to, most people can't go on this direction that you're going on. And he goes, it's fantastic what you're doing. Keep it up. Cause now walks without crutches. Um, now we're starting to monitor some sleep, right? Is his diet perfect? His diet's pretty good. I mean, he's definitely on more of a fat adapted diet right now by his choice because I think he's, he's not starving and he's got a lot stored up and he's able to get away with that now. But 
you know, I sat with one of my friends and him yesterday, a nutritionist, and we, we talked about when we get them below 300 pounds, things are going to change. We're going to have to change up the formula a bit. Everything's working now. He's, he's getting one hour sessions in here every day. Um, he's coming in. I wrote him a program. He's doing it. He's sweating. He's doing the ski erg, walking 6,000 steps a day. He is, um, he touches, he touched the ground yesterday. He was able to reach down to the ground and pancake his hand to the ground. Like to have that type of progress since May, um, I think is extraordinary. But the coolest part about it was when his doctor, when he saw his doctor, his doctor asked him to get on the scale. And he said, doctor, if you don't mind, um, he's like, I want to focus on NSVs. And he goes, what's NSVs? He goes, non-scale victories. It's something my coach tells me, non-scale victories. I don't want to get on that scale right now. He goes, I feel so good that if that number is not where I want it to be, I do not want it to throw me in a tailspin. So if you don't mind, I just want to keep focusing on the process like Don tells me. And the doctor smiled at him and said, no problem. And I was proud of him because it's amazing how someone like that could be doing everything I want them to do right now. Is it the best? Is it the best? diet in the world for him right now? No. Right? Is it the best training program I've ever written? No. Guess what? We have him doing TRX squats. If someone's squatting, that's 450 pounds with a TRX, like, and walking up and down stairs, like, that's that's tough for his legs. Like, he couldn't walk early on. So we're slowly pro- pro- progressing it. But I think the fact that he was not so focused on a number, and a lot of us, we could be doing great with our fitness, we could be doing great with our health and wellness, seeing great progress, and we just jump on a scale and suddenly it's like, I didn't lose any weight. I've been killing myself for two weeks. Like you failed, like you're done. Like it's, that's not, that's not what health and wellness is about. Health and wellness is about finding some enjoyment out of this. Health and wellness is about feeling good and going in and allowing that process to make you feel good every day. And when you start connecting with that, when this starts becoming part of your life style and your survival, and you are focused on that, then I think extraordinary things can happen. If your success is going to be quantified by a number, you're, you're probably going to fail miserably. I had a woman last year who, who gained nine pounds of muscle and lost eight pounds of fat according to her DEXA scan. So we're using her DEXA as a gauge, not saying DEXA is 100% accurate, but I'm saying if we're using this to measure trends in a gauge, I think it's, I think it's good for that. Now, if she didn't do that DEXA, over the year, it's very like, – she could have turned around and said, what the hell? I just gave you a whole year and I gained one pound. What am I doing wrong? Mm-hmm. But when she put up her before and after, her body composition looked completely different. Her energy was incredible. She gained a pound of muscle. I'm sorry. She gained nine pounds of muscle. Nine pounds to do that That's naturally awesome. And lost eight pounds of fat. So I think that's extraordinary. But most of us out there, we're looking for the wrong, we're looking at the wrong things. And I think that's why the majority of our planet right now gets discouraged with this stuff because they just, they're taking the wrong approach. No, that's a cracking answer because how many times do you hear that? It's like, oh, I weigh myself and I'm, I put on weight. And you're like, well, are you sure it's not muscle and you've lost? Yep. And you get these people come up that, you know, that's a, a myth I wish would just bugger off like that. You know, the scale dictates your value. You know, it, it's such, how much has it messed up young girls and stuff worrying about their weights as they fluctuate and stuff or young guys getting growth spurts. And it's, it's terrifying for what it's done to the youth. 
It is. I mean, there's other things we should be looking at. I mean, technically right now I'm 35 pounds overweight. If you were looking at my body mass index for a guy who's 6'1", I should be about, right. you know, 180, 185 pounds. I'm 215 pounds. When, when I go to my doctor's office, he's not telling me I weigh too much. He's not like, Ruth you need to lose weight. <laughs> you know, we're, we're checking my bloods and I now have a functional medicine doctor, Dr. Gabrielle Lyme, where her and I go a little bit more in depth and we check out specific things. And for me, it's about, you know, can I put, you know, great stuff in my body most of the time, meaning nutrition. You know, my, my fruits, my vegetables, my protein, my carbohydrates. I believe in metabolic flexibility, healthy fats, slow burning carbohydrates, you know, and understanding that, you know, we can do things in moderation. Like if I want to go out and I want to eat some pizza or have some ice cream, I'm going to go do it. I'm not going to, now if I'm prepping for a cover of muscle fitness or men's health, like different story, like, no, and then, mm -hmm. then there's no cheats for four or five weeks. And no, I gotta, I, it's, it's, it's business, but, um, yeah, I, I just, I agree with you. I, I know for a fact that when people get involved with this, their goal, I think most of the time is the wrong goal. I'm going to try it's new year's resolution. I'm going to try and eat perfectly. Like, okay, you're going to screw that up. Um, I'm going to give up all the things that I love. All right. Well, you're going to screw that up, right? Like you're already setting yourself up. Like you're going into this, this specific time and you're, and you think that's the time of new beginnings. And you're doing something that you're probably not going to be successful with, right? Because every year it's the same people coming back to the same thing, setting right. the same goal that's not attainable. Like, no, like, you know what? Why don't you try and allow yourself a little bit of, you know, if you're enjoying and you want to go, if you love ice cream, like, don't just remove it from your diet every, you know, for the next six months or tell yourself the next year. Because the second you go and cave in and do that, then you think you failed and make it part of your program. Make it part of your lifestyle, what you do, like go have it and enjoy it and wake up with no guilt. Now, if I go have it five nights in a row, I'm not going to be feeling too, too good about myself. Right? Like it's, it's something that I have to put in there once in a while. Yeah. Um, but I, I just think we're setting, we're setting the, the wrong bar. Cause that's something I, I was uh, going to the gym and I was trying to keep up with fitter, younger guys. And it's like, I'm not enjoying this. Then I found powerlifting and I was deadlifting. I was like, Oh, this is it. This is perfect. Then I found jujitsu and it's like, fitness can be fun. You don't yes. need to do something and hate it. You know, you can make it part of your lifestyle. And like you're saying, have moderation of the cheap meals, go and have, you know, go maybe have a pint one night, but not every night and stuff like that. How do you establish that with your clients? How do you say to make it fitness, not just that, whatever you do in the gym, but make them understand it's a whole thing, you know? And how could you, like, you know, should we be going in and, like, the movie star route? Go in, smash a quick workout, go home, you know, try to keep, like, cross-training with some sports, keep your fitness, your meal prep. Is that a good approach for the average sort of punter? I, you know, I, I, I think for the average person, um, things should be done in moderation. I, I think, again, every individual is different. I think if, you know, a celebrity's coming to me and they're like, we have four weeks and we have to get ready for this role and I got to have my shirt off. All right. It's not a lot of time. We can do a lot in four weeks, hmm. but I would urge them not to have anything. I would urge them. Not, no, like let's, let's give this a fair shake. Let's, let's go into that shoot date and let's allow yourself to um, feel some comfort in your effort. Uh, let's allow yourself to go in there with some confidence by saying, wow, I did everything that I, that I should have done for this role, which I feel proud about now. Right. And, um, 
but other people, no, we don't have to. I, and I think it really comes out of what are the goals? Like this guy I'm working with now who, who started at over 500 pounds. No, we, we, it really isn't to the point now where he can go have a lot of cheats. He really can't. He, he really, there's something in his brain that the second he has that, it triggers emotions and it triggers this, this, down, this, this downward spiral. So no, I, I, like maybe one day, sure. And over and since May, has he has he messed up? I want to say probably once. Would I even consider that a mess up? No, because we sat, we talked about it. Now, if I didn't get him back on the track and I wasn't there to guide him, it could have went down that downward spiral. So I think again, it comes down to the individual. It comes down to the goal, um, you know. But when it's life or death like that, I mean, I worked with a woman who. You know, her story is pretty public. I mean, she started with me at almost 900 pounds, you know, and then she got down to, she lost about 500 and put a little bit back on and, you know, she put a little bit back on because she slipped, right? She slipped off and, you know, it's like, and I looked at her and I said, you can't, like, this is, this is part of your, this is your life. This isn't about like, oh, I'm at, you know, 8% body fat. And, you know, if I want to go have pizza twice a week, like, okay, like you can do that. Right. But for her, it's part of her life. And the second she starts introducing those things in, it, she falls down this downward spiral. So again, this is very individualistic. So is that the kind of idea behind like the soup, uh, the Sutap mantras, the, you know, you can't go back and change your beginning, but you can change where you're going to. So like if you do, so like what would you advise people who are building in the consistency, going to the gym, working out, but maybe they make a mistake or, you know, they miss a session. How do we just get over that reset, recalibrate and start again? Yeah, I think understanding it's not it's not a mistake. It's part of the plan, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's part of the program. I think it's getting them. A good coach is going to allow them to understand not if they screw up, when. And if you if we could start improving that from the year prior – we're going in a good direction. Like if someone ate bad food 365 days last year, right? Like they ate fast food 365 straight days. And this year they went and they did it every other day. And you cut that number in half. Well, some would say, well, you're still eating too much fast food. I'm looking at that as an improvement. Now I'm trying to get them. Well, can we cut that in half again? Can we cut that in half again? Like you were at 365 days. Now you're at, you know, whatever the math is on that 180, you know, three days or 182.2 days, whatever it is. Can we cut that down to 90? I can't do the math on that. Um, Don't ask me, I'm useless to that. (laughs) Can we we cut it down to 90 days now from the 180, right? And and that's that's what it's about. It's not always about coming in and trying to like crush it or, you know, do what Don does. Like this, you know, this is something I've been practicing for 30 years. Like this is something that's been in my life for 30 years. That's why I... I've got it more together than most when it comes to this sort of thing. But I think for the average Joe out there, it's just, you know, let's figure out a way. Let's take our time. If we could turn around and make 12 big changes in the next year, maybe change number one is increasing your sleep. You focus on that for a month. Change number two might be hydration. You know, start nailing your hydration. Like that, that to me, those first two months, those are life altering changes right there. You start cleaning up sleep and hydration. And you do that in two months, and most people are saying, well, I'm not really improving. I haven't lost weight. I'm like, you just cleaned up two of the most important elements in your health and wellness, your sleep quality and your hydration. Like that's, that's, that's astronomical. 
right? So let's focus on that. Watch what starts happening. And in just focusing on the process of making good positive change, then you know what? Then you start showing up to parties and people are like, what are you doing? Right? Like body looks different. You look happy. Like your, your skin looks good. Like, oh my God, like what have you been doing? And then suddenly that becomes like, oh wow, like that's funny. Like the, the, the scale number hasn't moved much, but people are all commenting because your body composition is changing. But a lot of people, they don't want to, they're, they're looking for things too quickly. Yeah. And, you know, again, reverting, I love using this guy as an example because since May, there've been so many changes. He got on the scale in, in 12 days, 12 days after we started and he lost, I think it was 37 pounds. And I was like, oh man, here we go. Cause I knew what was going to happen. And he is like, I comes in his eyes. Oh my God, I lost 37 pounds. I'm like, pump the brakes, pump the brakes. A lot of that weight you lost is probably water. I'm happy. I don't mean to pee in your Cheerios here, but there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot that's, so then he goes in and weighs himself a week later and he put like, I think 12 pounds back on. And then he fell into a depression for a couple of days. And I sat him down and we had like a life changing talk. And then at that point, you know, I convinced him, focus on how you're feeling. You're feeling great. You're moving, you're improving. Let's just focus on improving. Not too many people who weigh 500 pounds that can go hike, you know, five, six miles. We get yourself to learn uh-huh. to hike and walk. You're probably not going to be 500 pounds one day, right? Like if we've been working. So there's also this understanding that if we clean things up with nutritionally and sleep and everything, and then we get our fitness better by just doing something simple like steps, we start closing in on that gap a bit. And that's what he's doing. And that's what he, that's what he did. And he got through that worst phase of like, in the beginning, it's just that rewiring, you know, cause he's always yeah. going to want to go back. He's going to want to get on that scale every day. And um, if he, if he would have done that, and if he focused on that as a goal, it would have been catastrophic. He would have been right back in the hospital. It's time for a quick break. There are millions of potential products to buy. So how do you know which ones are worth your hard-earned money? Simple. You go to nextlevelguy.com affiliates and explore those that will transform and improve your life. You'll find deals, listener exclusives, and special offers with some great companies. Recommendations are 100% honest and only on items Ian has tried or believes in. The companies showcased will make you a better man in all areas of your life. Simply go to nextlevelguy.com slash affiliates and level up. And do you think that's what people call resilience and mental toughness is just that thing of using that kind of that success to build up to the next one? And that's my new starting point. So I'm going to use that accumulated knowledge and experience, then go to the next one. And you just use the momentum, the enjoyment, the pleasure you get from it to roll you into the next workout. I think that's a good thing. I think that's a good way to focus on it, right? Like I think when you start relating your success to how I felt after a session. And I think when you start adding that in day in and day out, I think great things can start happening. When you start looking at training as, wow, this makes me feel good. Eating makes me feel good. Or, or like, oh, training's hard. Or, oh, eating, I don't like that food. It's like when you start consuming food that's delicious and that's making you feel better, 
and you start training and you start leaving a session going, I'm in a much better place than I was an hour ago. When you start looking at that as, as your focus, things start happening a lot easier. And do you think, like, is there sort of set golden rules that you'd have, like principles? Because when I was deadlifting and powerlifting, that they said it was progressive overload. Then yeah, people would it. say, you know, they would come into, they would get too into it. So it'd be German um, strength testing. And then it'd be fartlek, you know, instead of walking. And how deep into this do we need to go? Do we need to get a coach to kind of guide us through this? Because, you know, they always say, like, the last person to see the change is yourself. Other people notice it before you do. Yeah. You know, I, I, again, this is coming down to um, it being individualistic and what's that trigger. And, you know, think about it. I mean, you can you can go through life never stepping foot in the gym, right? Like, if someone was to wake up every day and or three days a week and go, you know, move around their lawn or, you know, plant or farm or, you know, do activities, break a sweat and they're sitting there eating healthy and they're keeping stress levels low. Like they're probably going to live, they're they're hopefully going to, they're probably going to outlive most, right? Like that's, that's a pretty good recipe right there. Um, But, you know, I I also know that, you know, we, we, we can't show up there every day hating what we're doing. And if someone's coming to me and they're like, God, I just hate the gym. Absolutely hate it. Like, what do you, what, what do you hate about it? I hate, you know, machines. I hate being around people. I was like, well, is that really it? Like, yeah. Like, well, what if we tried something at home? What if we tried something that didn't involve any weights, right? Or if it's just body weight, like, is that the best thing for them? Like, is that statistically the best thing for fat burning? Or is it like, I get such a kick out of this whole high intensity training, um, you know, push over the last high intensity training, you know, is the best for fat burning. And I'm like, nonsense. It's complete nonsense. Like it's, it's, I, so what are you saying now? Like I have to give everyone high intensity training. Like not everyone's earned the right to train with that level of intensity. Right. And maybe what if, what if you come in and absolutely hate it? Are you going to discourage someone where, well, I can't, I absolutely hate high intensity training. And every time I do it, I feel sick. I get headaches. I throw up and I hate it. So, oh, it's not, it's not the best thing for me. So I'm just not going to do it. Are you really going to tell them that? Like, is that, is that coaching? Like, no, like, like bodybuilders. I know so many bodybuilders that, that don't, they're, they're not doing high intensity interval training. They're, they're walking slow on a treadmill for a reason, right? Like, are you, do you, do you, do you know what's the optimal level of, of your own, of your fat burning level? Like, have you gone in for a VO2 test? Have you, have you found out those numbers? Do you even believe in that? Right? Like there's so many ways that we could start, you know, um, I think tweaking things and, and, and I believe there's so many ways that we can add in other tools to really, um, keep things exciting for someone like me who likes that sort of thing. But for the average Joe out there, I mean, in my opinion, if you can get to do some type of resist, some type of resistance training three days a week, and then you can go get your steps in another two days a week. Like, do I think that's enough for most? Yes. 100%. I do believe that's enough for most. So we, it's always good to sort of measure. You know, what, what gets measured gets managed. So what tests do you get them to do before you take them on? You know, how do you measure it? Is there tools that you would sort of swear by to, as you're going along? You know, in the past, I would use like an FMS 
when I was working, because remember, I'm not really working with individuals anymore. Everything I'm working now is, is more global. Like I've got my online community where I, where yeah. I coach five days a week and I'm answering their questions five days a week. Um, I'm calling their name out on video five days a week. So yeah, I, I don't have the freedom to be able to FMS them. But when I, when I owned a club, I, I had a team of physical therapists and the FMS was a tool we used at the time. Like I'm friends with Gray and I know Lee Burton and Craig Rose and Greg's one of my mentors and very good friends. And, um, you know, we would use the FMS tool. And if we saw any red flags as a coach, we would then pass them over to our physical therapist. And the physical therapist would then come in and do like an SFMA or would do other, another type of screening process to really start doing a bit more of a deep dive on what's going on. And that's what we use then. Now, are there tools I've used in the past, like VO2 peak tests or VO2 max tests or, you know, DEXAs or, you know, um, you know, specific, you know, uh, cold, um, I'm, I'm sorry, hydrostatic weighing, would we use stuff? Yeah, we would use stuff like, like that. But I don't know. You also got to understand that when you're doing tests on people like that, like they're not always going to get better. Like you're, you're not always going to like, I haven't like breaking news over the last you know 20 years. I have not improved my body fat every year. Like it doesn't happen that way. It just doesn't work that way. Like I don't, I don't like, I'm not getting in a better shape every year. Some years I have good years, other years, maybe it's not as good. It's just, it's just how things are. And I think if you're going to go back to numbers and look at those quantifiable numbers and that's going to put you into a depression, then you shouldn't be measuring it, right? Like if you're, I had someone recently call me up and they're like, oh my God, I'm like ready to hang myself. And I'm like, why? They're like, I, you know, I just went in for an in-body and it said I put on a pound of body fat. And I'm like, first off, it may not be accurate, number one. And secondly, like I thought you said over the last three months, you've been feeling great. I have been. My workouts have been amazing. I'm like, and how's your nutrition been? Amazing. So what the fuck? Excuse my language. What the fuck are you doing? Like, it's like, we're like, why are you sitting, suddenly sitting here getting depressed because a number moved an inkling may not even be accurate. And why is that like dictating your, your, your outcome? Like you said, your clothes were fitting you better. You're looking better. People are commenting. Suddenly that number changes and, and you're off or, you know, um, you know, is that, is that really how you want to live, your, live your life? Right. So we have yeah. to kind of rewire them a bit, but. You know, I, I think data is great. I really do. But I also think data um, might be needed for certain people and might not be needed for other people, for, for certain people. I think it can be, um, it could be a recipe for disaster, depending on the individual. You know, I know a, lot get, a lot of coaches get so excited over data. I'm like, listen, just because it works for you and you enjoy it and it's something that drives you, don't assume that every individual is going to be like you. Because sometimes it's just, let's take one month to make one change. We did it. Let's take the next month to make, well, I'm not really progressing. Well, 12 months just went by and you had 12 changes to your lifestyle, 12 life altering things that you completely adjusted. And you're trying to tell me that you're not progressing. That's progress. So, uh, you know, you think it's educating people. Because it's a big thing. Like when I, I mean, like you're saying about data abusers, you know, I when I started powerlifting, I was squat, deadlift, go through the roof, bench for the same. And then I got a blood pressure test and they said, whoa, that's sky high. You need to be doing cardio. No one ever told me that. So I had no idea. But then I had friends who it's every single little thing. They're all trying it. That's, they're looking at their, like, their whoop and all these kind of, and I'm like, what 
stuff. You know, just get go and do jujitsu for an hour. Go and do something. You know, like I grew up from in the Highlands, where you know you're like we had sheep, so you had a hay, hay bale on the shoulder. You're kind of bag of feed. You're doing all these kind of things. You didn't even know about functional training and stuff. Is that the kind of like functional training, resistance training? Are they the best buck for every new newbie? Depending on where they're starting from, say if they come in with a general health that they, you know, they're not needing to lose weight or they've got like a chronic pain or something. Yeah, you, you know, the, see the functional training thing, I, I get kind of a kick out of because I mean everything, you know, everything's in my book pretty functional, right? It's, it's <laughs> it really is like I'll never forget that Dr. Andrew Spina was cracking me up one day with the FRC um, that we hosted at our club, about, I think five or six times and. I remember him saying it was a great, uh, it was a great comparison. He's like, somebody says a bicep curl isn't functional. Like tell that to a mom who's pulling her baby out of a, out of a crib. And it really is like, everyone wants to start picking on, you know, functional training, not functional training. Um, I believe that, you know, there's benefits to machines, kettlebells, dumbbells, barbells. I think there's also other things that you need to do. In conjunction with that, I think there's, I know with myself, there's time I'll put in the pool, you know, I'm, you know, I, I love swimming and I, I love, um, you know, going in and doing lap work. And I love, I love what that's doing more from, for my breathing and for my breath holds. And, um, you know, there's, I, I put mobility in a lot. I, I like mobility work. It makes me feel better, you know, uh, foam rolling, you know, suddenly you know, I had a good rap for years and I'm like, oh, it doesn't work. It makes me feel better. I feel better from foam rolling. I'm going to continue to do that. Like you can take your science or take what you think you know and, you know, whatever. Like I'll – so the whole functional training thing, I, I think it's really, you know, I had a very, very um, big-name celebrity come to me years ago that was, you know, more seasoned, a little bit older. And they said, listen, I, I know, you know, you, you, you come highly recommended and I appreciate the whole assessment screen that you put me through, but – these are my goals and this is the way I like to train. So I'm either going to pay you to show me the best possible way to go back doing that. Or I'm going to bring my business elsewhere. I'm just being completely open with you. And I said, great. I said, I appreciate that. I said, now, if you don't mind, can we have a quick conversation? He said, no problem. I said, this is what I want you to do. If you can come in five minutes early foam roll and allow me to take you through 10 minutes of movement every day, the next yeah. 50 minutes, we, we will do it, what you want to do. And he goes, all right, that's fair enough. What do you want to do? You want to do bodybuilding? You want to do a lot of isolation work? You know, maybe at the time he was back squatting. I'm like, listen, I got him trap bar deadlifting. We had him doing more front squatting, better movement pattern for, for him. And we were able to create that stimulus that he wanted. And he felt great. And he improved in his 70s. He improved. So if you were to walk in, was it the best thing we could have done for his mobility? No, it wasn't. But you also got to understand who you're working with. Mm. And sometimes it's a compromise. And sometimes you got to give them a little bit of what they want. And as they trust you and as they develop a relationship and a rapport, you start going in um, a direction that you want to go in. Years ago, I had a guy come to me and he was like, he, I met this guy probably 15 years ago. I'll never forget. He came in and he was like, oh, these TRX workouts look awesome. Okay. Right. I'm like, okay. I'm like, what do you, he's like, oh, well, um, I'll train with you, but I'll only train um, if we do TRX work. This guy ended up becoming one of my closest friends. 
And um, I said, all right. So we started working with the suspension trainer. That's all it is, the suspension trainer, the TRX. And we um, started packaging workouts that really involved the suspension trainer. And in time, I started mixing other things in. And he developed a trust with me. And I remember in about a month, he turned to me. He goes, I love it. But he started showing me some cool stuff. What else do you have for me? And I smiled at him. I said, all right, cool. And then we got him into the kettlebell. And we taught him the hard style swing, right? And then we started you know, getting into pulling from the floor and doing all these other things that he wasn't um, too inclined to doing early on. And, you know, we developed that report, but I had to meet him at a certain place to allow this person to trust me. Right. And um, Mm. I think sometimes like, Oh, it's garbage. No, this is how I want it done. I'm like, well, that's how you want. If you're a good coach and this person's telling you on day one that I hate squatting the back of my head, I'm thinking you squat every day, you sit on the toilet every day. It's a movement pattern that you should have, but you're telling me you hate squatting. So, all right, let's get with you. I, I hurt my knees squatting. Okay. So we stay away from squatting and we get them doing movement and then we get them doing split squatting and other things that, that they're not affiliating that, you know, that bad experience with. And then in time, you know, we might throw a kettlebell in their hand and say, give me a goblet squat. And we talk about the benefits of the core. What's it doing to the hips? And how do you feel? Oh, I feel really good from this. Oh, my knees feel great. Let's keep going. And then you get them back into a good place mentally. So yes, training is about compromise. And do you think that's what's made you such a successful coach is that ability to kind of meet somebody in the middle and kind of lead them on the journey so they discover their love for the, you know, and the exploration of fitness? I think, um, listen, every coach I come around thinks they're better than the next coach. Like, like I am, uh, I'm very confident in my coaching ability. I'm very confident in my knowledge and what I do. But the area I know I'm better than most in was the second I would see that client coming in, within seconds, I would know how to adapt to that person. I could look at their, the way they're walking. I could look at how they're holding their shoulders. And I knew, I was like, oh boy, here we go again. This person's not having a good day. And I, I would know how to go into that session and with, with someone that's pretty well known and I would know, I knew how to get them back to that level playing field, you know, that good place mentally within five to 10 minutes, I could get them back to where they were able to put aside whatever they were going through that day. And yeah, I thought that, I think that's what I was exceptional at having that ability to do that. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, showing a level of success day one, we're not going to change someone's body composition, but if they couldn't touch their kneecaps and within the next 15 minutes, I get them touching their toes and their body's feeling better and we're allowing them to feel this level of success. And yeah, I think you're going to have someone for a long period of time. Cause that's why I was impressed with your site. You know, there was like focus on nutrition. There was meal plans there. There was suggestions. Um, you know, there was like a body weight workout for people. There were uh, short workouts for people who were pressed for time. And that. is that another issue that people kind of, they tell themselves a story of why they can't work out and you showing how you can transform somebody in six weeks kind of eliminates that. And you say how some of the busiest people on earth can do this. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And and I think that if you're, um, if you're someone that comes into me and you're like, Oh my God, for some reason, every time I get to the 20 minute mark during my workouts, I just lose interest and I hate it then I'm going to create a 17 minute workout for them. Like I'm always going to like, yeah. seriously, no, it's, it's, it's who is someone to, if you took someone who was completely sedentary last year that ate crappy and you got them to do 10 minutes of, of working out 10 minutes every day, 
five days a week, something that shows that level of improvement, you improve hydration and you start getting them to improve their, their nutrition to maybe 70, 80%, like they're going to see progress. Hmm. They are like, we're always in this mindset of like, Oh, what's the best. And you know, it's gotta be 90 minutes or an hour. And it's just, it's just nonsense. Like if someone's coming in and they, and they don't like it, get them to leave that session saying, oh, that was actually pretty enjoyable. Oh my God. He actually didn't kick the living crap out of me. Oh my God. That was really fast. Like, I can't believe it. You don't want to keep going. Nope. How about if we come back tomorrow or how about if we come back in two days and how about if we try and repeat something with a little bit of variability and we just shut you down a little bit early every single time. So right at the point of like, I'm exhausted. Um, we're going to shut you down before that. So you can leave here feeling like I can keep going and you suddenly have this level of excitement for wanting to get in there. Right. So, yeah. um, the majority of the population, man, they don't, they don't think the way we think they're, they're, they're not waking up like, Oh, my meals are prepped. And Oh, like, I can't wait to get to the gym. Like most people, they just want to want it. They just want to have that drive, but they're also not, they're, they're not developing that consistency because they're just dying it, diving into something that they're not going to be successful with. And they're not building any, they're not building any, um, consistency with these habits. If you could ball that feeling of wanting to go do stuff, you know, like once you start meal planning and prepping and stuff and you come in and you've got food ready and you got your snacks, it's it's life changing. And then when you, it just is a knock on effect in life. I mean, you're super busy. You're building a juggernaut of a, you know, fitness empire. You're on social media. You're coaching some of the most well-known people in the world. You're a family man. You've got so much on. How do you learn to juggle that be an entrepreneur, keep building this empire, be a family man, work out for yourself, do all the other stuff that you've got going on? Because I, I, I think it's because I love it. You know, <laughs> I, I think I love, uh, not, not, not I think, I know I love it. I mean, I love my family, so spending time with them is easy. It's something I look forward to. Um, you know, I work a lot when the kids are at school, right? And when they get home at night, like tonight, I'll be done by seven. And when I get home, I'll, I'll try and hang with them a little bit. We'll have dinner. We'll spend some time together. Um, I think it's also waking up every week knowing that like I can improve. I woke up Monday and I was like, okay, we got, I'm sorry, last Monday after Labor Day. Um, and um, I remember waking up just being like, oh man, we got to revamp a few things. I'm not feeling good about this. Certain things with social media I didn't like. There's certain things with how we were delivering our message I wanted to change. And I think it's having that you know, um, um, that hunger to just improve, right? Like I, I like finding out ways to get better, whether it's with business or whether it's with my kids or whether it's with my own training, how can I, you know, improve it just a percent or something small and, you know, having that challenge to come in and, and try and improve things day in and day out is, is for me, it's fun. It really is once in a while. Like, yeah, like anyone else you can get overwhelmed or, you know, life, you know, life attacks you or, you know, you lose a loved one or, you know, my mom today fell, you know, and next thing you know, I'm, we're at the hospital with her, you know, she dislocated her hip and shit like that happens. But you've got to, um, you know, I, I think you got to understand that's part of the program when stuff like that happens. Hmm. That's part of life and what's happening. And you got to look at that stuff hmm. as like, all right, that's that that goes in the category of like shit that went wrong. <laughs> it's like, okay, we'll give up when that happens. We, we learn to shift gears or maybe take off a day or maybe go in and do something a little quicker because you know that's what allows you to feel better, right? Um, 
you know, how do you, how do you handle stress? How do you handle when things go wrong? You're going to go hit a bottle and go eat fast food, right? Is if that is what makes you feel better? Like, okay, like don't do it too much. But for me, it's the other way around. Like I normally like to buckle down or hop on the stair or climber when that happens or go for a run or, you know, do some movement, allow my head to clear up. And I think when you start affiliating that with when things go wrong, that's when you take it up a notch even more. Suddenly you're not washing your hands like, oh no, I, I need this even more right now because this is part of my survival. It's like what you were talking about, you know, mindset changing and like breaking bad habits and stuff. And do you think this is where we're going wrong is like, it's not a cheap meal. It's going out for a steak and chips, maybe on a Friday night with a friend who's coming to town. It's not cross training. It's going to paddle boarding with the kids in the weekend or, you know, it's a lifestyle. It should be fun. It should be, keeping you fit um i'm trying to remember who said it it's like prepare today to do the things you love tomorrow that you know we just need to be fit for life we just need to figure out a goal is that are we just taking it too much into the data and into the breaking individual components rather than just life i think we're taking it too much into that into those areas if if um it's forcing us to be less successful the, the data, the science, that's there to help us improve. But who am I to tell someone that likes going to a cardio class three times a week that like, that's not the best thing for you? Okay, maybe it's not, right? But it's, it's you're moving, you're happy, you're getting into better shape and your body feels better. So who am I to tell you you're doing the wrong thing? Now, when you're in those environments and suddenly like every day, it's like, oh, my shoulder today, my neck, my back, my knee. Okay. Like, all right, something's, something's wrong here. Like now we have to assess it. But if someone's getting, like, it's funny. I remember like for years, the powerlifters were hating on the bodybuilders and the bodybuilders were hating on the powerlifters and like, well, they're, they do all isolation. And I'm like, well, what are you talking about? Like, you know, you've had 30 surgeries already. Like it's like, you, are not you in general, but like you powerlift. Like I love powerlifting. Like I'm more like, I, I'm into like power building. Like I, I love the powerlifting element of it. And I like the bodybuilding element of it. Like that's just something that I enjoy doing. I like bench squatting and deadlifting. Like, I love that stuff. But I also like going and focusing on, you know, movement and sprinting and aesthetic training. There's all these hats I, I like to wear. So part of this is me loving and enjoying what I do. So yes, love and enjoy what you do. But if I think if it's not working, meaning like, are you getting hurt? Does your body feel worse? Are you not enjoying it? Are you not improving? If any of those, if you're checking those boxes, then yeah, I think I would, I would, I would look into doing something different. And how did becoming a father, you know, getting married, even COVID, what have you sort of learned about yourself, coaching, just fitness in general? You know, is it, were there life lessons that you've kind of picked up that, you know, that you want to maybe portray for your kids so that they grow up to be the fittest version of themselves and the happiest version of themselves? I, I really just want them to be the happiest version of themselves, right? It, it, at the end of the day, like I, I, I love my children more than life. They're the, the two most important things in my life, you know, not excluding my wife, Adderfa is number three, but um, you know, I, I think um, with them, I want them to be passionate about something. If they can have something that they're passionate about, I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's the guitar or baseball or lifting weights or paddleboarding, whatever it is, like if they can have that one thing that they're passionate about that makes them happy, that's going to make me happy. I want them to be kind to people and I want them to work hard. So that's with my children. Those are my focuses on them. 
Do they have fast food once in a while? Yes. Do they eat ice cream? Yes. Do they skip meals at times? Yes. Um, do they do all the, and people are like, oh my God, I can't believe you let your kid, what are you talking about? Like, like kids are kids. They're, they're resilient. And wow. I try and eat by, how do you get your kids to eat well? I'm like, how do I get them? How do you eat? Well, I could be eating better. Well, get your shit together, right? Like, <laughs> get your shit together. Seriously, get your shit together, lead by example. And then maybe your Definitely. kids will find I don't You, you have know, a tape for your... Yeah, yeah. When I cook burgers, yeah, we're using grass-fed meat, right? Like there's certain things that we use that we try and give healthier options. I don't want them to have a bad relationship with food. I don't want them to hate me either. So I think mm. becoming a father, you know, you learn a bit more about compromise and you learn to love something more than yourself, right? You, you've literally like, like I would take a bullet for my children. Like that's, that's, that's what they've done for me where I think early on there's this level of selfishness maybe being a little bit more self-centered and putting mm. yourself first all the time now you're suddenly putting other people before you and i think that's an amazing um you know i, I think that's an amazing feeling it's almost like it gives you a reason to be fit whereas before you kind of did it for vain reasons and then as you do it with kids you're like this is it this is my purpose is to raise healthy happy people yeah yeah, you want to do that, right? It's it's um, but again, you got to lead by example. If you're that parent that's asking what to do with their kids and you don't have it together, like clean your side of the street, like start getting your stuff together, start you know, leading by example. Allow them to come and watch you. Well, where's where's dad going? Dad's going to work out. Can I come? You can come, but like if you want to stop, stop. I'm not going to push you. I'm not. I'm not going to sit there going, "Come on, let's go. Give me another one, Dad. I'm tired." push through. No, I'm not going to say that. Like, this is something that you got to want to be there and you got to want to do it. I never had my father pushing me and my dad didn't really know what the gym was like, right? Like me coming in and me grinding out reps and me pushing myself past a specific level is something I developed because I love to do it. It was less about what I got. What I, what did I get in return? I got a feeling. I got a feeling out of that. And that's what brought me back. It wasn't the fact that I'm single digits in body fat. It wasn't the fact that I've been on over, you know, a dozen covers and nothing to do with any of that training for me. It's the people who I think get really good out of this are the ones that develop this passion for it. I love that outlook. Like, I think we're just touching the surface and I know we're tight for time. So I'd yeah. love to have you on again, but what do you want people to take from this? If there was like a sort of general message you wanted them to even just to remember, or is there a key point you want to reiterate? You know what? I, everyone's got to relax a little bit about this. I think we put such an expectation and such a stress, and this is something that should be enjoyable. And stop thinking about what the best thing is to do. If you go in there and your head's not in it and you got yourself moving for 15, 20 minutes and that was it, don't look at it as, oh, I didn't do the full thing today. Or, oh, I did less. You did something. At a time where you were probably in the past, you might have not done anything. And if you could start affiliating that good feeling, that level of success, it becomes very easy. You know, but um, it's amazing. I'll look at successful. I'll end on this. I look at successful business people who have become, I know I've worked with some billionaires, right? And you look at how they operated that aspect of their life when it came down to business and you look at how they operated the aspect of life and it came to their health and there were two completely different things. They didn't do any – where they're – in my eyes, I take the same approach, you're going to be pretty damn good at it, right? Like if you went in 
and treated your health like you treated your business. Like, what'd you do? You surround yourself with a team. You brought people in that were really smart, that were able to execute specific things in that business that maybe you didn't have the time to do or you couldn't do. That's like hiring a coach or a nutritionist, right? Making, well, it's expensive. Well, okay, then go out and spend $400 a week on dinners. Or you could put that money towards a coach. And you can at least set those, you could set those guidelines early on. That's why I started my challenges because I wanted to create a scalable way to be able to work with people one-on-one, -on -one, to be able to answer their questions. Come into a group, but I will answer your question every single day. And I do. I don't care if it's 200 people asking them. I will answer your questions every single day. And that allows people who maybe, you know, um, aren't able to go find a, a coach or that want to pay that amount of money. And for a heavily discounted price, they still get access to me. And that's how we've been able to make such change in the community. So listen, I appreciate you having me on. Um, and maybe we'll uh, do this again in the future. And how can people find you? Just go um, Instagram. It's Don Saladino or my website is donsaladino.com. And if you've got any questions, shoot me a DM. Well, that's it for another week. And thank you for listening. It's now time to take what you've learned and use it to develop and enhance your life with the key points mentioned. Listen, try it, embrace it, use it, and crush it. Now's your time to hit that next level in your life. If you liked this episode, then please leave a comment on the show notes or a review of the show on your podcast platform. Everything helps evolve the show. Until next week, keep seeking the next level in your life.